And now for part two of episode 14 of More to Come. Um, all, right. all right. Well, you know, we're going to try to do a sort of a lightning round here and talk yeah. about various companies and what happened. Uh, so uh, let's big year across the board. Yes. Yeah. Let's start off with really what? Uh, well, the biggest story of the year yeah. really was the new Fifty Two yeah. from DC. And you know, they, they like we as they said, you know, they broke the glass in case of emergency, break glass mm-hmm. and relaunch, revamp, relaunch your whole line. Well, let's look back. Because we know it's a big success now, but we had no idea, one, that it was coming, and two, that it would do very well at all when we first heard about it. Well, we were all skeptical. Yeah, well, yeah. As well I mean, one some might some be, but skeptical. they pulled it off. Some of us were more skeptical than others. Now, the, the, those of us who weren't totally skeptical of it had no basis for our positive, you know, and I'm talking about myself here. I had no basis for it, other than the fact that I, I kind of saw myself as kind of their target market. A basically lapsed superhero uh, reader uh, found it very interesting that I could kind of get in on the ground floor of some series again. And to some extent, they seem to have hit the mark. I was open to the possibility, but I was definitely wary of how bad it could go. And in in a certain a <laughs> number of instances, uh, it did. But for the most part, it was actually pretty good. I, I think it, overall, with 52 books, you're really going to have some hits and misses. Um, and they did. And they definitely did. <laughs> and, uh, hits and misses. And I think the hits, you know, I think there was very few hits on there that were, uh, you know, shocking surprise. I mean, mm-hmm. who, oh, who knew that Grant Morrison could write Superman? I mean, well, that was a shock, you know. <laughs> well, or, that's entirely debatable. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, or who knew that Jeff Lemire was a good writer? Well, you know, oh, I, you know, oh, I've never based on any of his other previous work would think that he was a good writer. So, you Well, know. if you only read his Superboy book, you might wonder. But, you know. <laughs> See, I like the Superboy book. And, you know, yeah, who wants a book by Jim Lee? Well, I guess almost everybody. Know, right? <laughs> Boy, that was a shocker right so, there. But, well, you know, some of the books at the lower end are less successful and uh, you know they, this is the this is, you know, some of the smaller point, books have gone up actually yeah. since September but but, yes. but but as a as a branding point Calvin for, is for banging superhero, the table here for Boston. superhero <laughs> comics I mean this thing has been you know a pretty big success and it seems to have sent people into stores and we're kind of risen you know all boats well, it has. And so on that basis, it is a success. Now, th- I think there's a couple of danger signs. Number one, a lot of the books are returnable. And we haven't yet heard how books are, the num- third issue books are be- going to be. Yeah. There is anecdotal uh, word of returns. Uh, DC went out of their way to make the books returnable through issue six because they mm-hmm. realized that, that... An unusual feature in the direct market. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And D- retailers tend to order like ten copies of issue one and then three copies of issue two and then one copy of issue three. And that's a pretty uh, typical sales pattern. So DC was trying to get them to order you know, seven copies of issues two and three. So we'll see how the returns are on that. I think one other meta view of this is... Um, I think a lot of the well, DC did a great job at PR. I mean, you have yeah. to tell them they were they did it right. They absolutely. I mean, no. everybody just everywhere they saturated the media. Absolutely. Every outlet had some coverage of this, and like for the whole month of basically July and August, the, the new Fifty Two was everywhere you looked. They had TV ads during mm-hmm. Doctor Who and everything. They did a phenomenal they job. They took over the front. Page style section of the New York Times. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've yeah. never yeah. seen an it illustration was, uh, that big in the Times. It was incredible. And, <laughs> and they were rewarded with great sales. I think what you have to look at is before the, they launched, uh, a lot of executives at DC were saying that they realized that they were doing things wrong and that 
they were driving away the reader, so they needed to change. And so, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, Stan Lee just woke up in a world where <laughs> But but are they still doing the things that put them in the hole in the first place? You know, creative teams are being changed. The deadlines yeah. are very, very short. So uh, it's sort of interchangeable creators on a lot of the lower tier books. Um, so, uh, you know, storylines are that. You know, they said they were going to do single issue stories. And none of them have been single issue stories. So uh, we'll, well see. Old well, habits die hard. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. Some books are better at living up to their expectations for this than others. Some, you know, supposedly, for example, the Green Lantern books were supposed to be for everybody. Like, you go in having not read Green Lantern before, you have no clue what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, others, you know, really were jump-on ready and and a great start for people who had never read the book. Before. Well, you know, it, it, they, they did a brilliant job of selling it as, as one mm-hmm. thing. And, and uh, some of it really was that. And, and some of it was, but I mean, it really is 52 different books that have 52 different storylines, and uh, so we'll see. You know, you just mentioned something, actually, Green Lantern. We, you know, for DC, the <laughs> other big story of the year. Yeah, that's true. Was, and, you know, Kate, I know you'll appreciate this. Do you remember last year, uh, at the beginning of 2011, yeah. DC had put out some buttons, and it was Superman, Batman, and Green Lantern. And yeah. everyone's like, what? Where's Wonder Woman? They're like, oh, well, you know... Green Lantern is the big character now. And, you know, they just put out some other buttons. And it was Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, live and learn. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe Wonder Woman's book is outperforming Green Lantern's book. Yeah. So that's... I think it is also, which is a, oh, a change, you know. Listen, Green, Green Lantern is a, is a we love great Green Lantern. character. We love Green Lantern. Don't enjoyed, go by the movie. I enjoyed the movie more than anybody, I guess. Cause yeah. I, I like the movie, yeah, but I, I have to like say... It it had issues, and I will say, though, that as a comics fan, primarily, I'm glad that if the comics end or the movie end of DC had to tank, that it was the movie end, because, you know... Well, hey, Reynolds looked I good like in the Thomas. uniform, okay? Well, he did. He did. Because it was CGI. He wasn't actually wearing a uniform. But anyway. <laughs> There's okay. that. Yeah. Let's move on to Marvel. His head was pasted uh, on. Yes, yes. All right. All right. Moving on to Marvel. Well, Marvel has been the, you know, the cock of the rock for a long time. Yeah. You know, they've been number one for so long. It seemed like nothing they did could possibly dislodge them. But, you know, with uh, anecdotally, one of the reasons why BC decided that they finally had to do this reboot was when their event number one came out and it was second to Marvel events number two issue for the month. <laughs> like basically Flashpoint number one sold yeah. less than Fear Itself number two. And meanwhile, then with the new 52, uh, Marvel's big event book of the month did worse than just The Flash. Yeah. Like not The Flash in an event, just yeah. The Flash. Yeah. Well, it was the fit, new 52 was a mega event. So anyway, Marvel started the year flying high and boy, they ended the year, boy, with a yeah. lot well, of problems. It was, it was really less money, mo problems, man. Yeah. It was sort yeah. of actually the layoffs, re- canceled series. It it was sort of actually the reverse of what happened with DC. While their comic end is a uh, problematic their movie end is riding high on expectations yeah. of Avengers next year, which should be huge. Yes, huge, 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 huge. But uh, at the meantime, apparently, so reportedly, again, uh, supposedly the owner of Marvel's, or a former owner, now he's just a chairman, uh, Ike Perlmutter, uh, <coughs> has been in the office every day, which is the worst thing you could possibly hear if you work at Marvel, because Ike is a really, really penny-pinching guy who comes into the copy room and sees paper on the floor and complains that they're wasting money because there's two sheets of, co- of paper on the floor. Um, 
And so he's been coming to the office and looking a at A good things. time to work from home, people. Yeah, and uh, looking at the bottom line. And reportedly, because Marvel did not hit their numbers, although they did not lose money, but because they did not hit their numbers quite uh, as high as they had set them, that they have gone on this incredible cost-cutting savings in order to boost the bottom line. And that, there's been layoffs. Uh, they let go of Jim Sokolowski, who was uh, their... Kind of really yeah. one of the architects of their of their success over the last few years. He was a master of circulation and book selling, and uh, running. He ran the business end of things. So uh, it's really been tough times at Marvel over the last three months. And you know, and then DC has been wolfing their ass. So you know, morale <laughs> is said to be so very low. But uh, they, I think we see some signs of kind of a little bit of a comeback as the year ends. I mean, they are very resilient, and they do have the Avengers coming out uh, yeah. next year. And they have. Uh, if only they can take year advantage of it. This year. Yeah, I mean, yeah um, they had. Oh, yeah, they had the great build up to Endor, yeah, and both Thor, of which of were very and successful. Both of which, yeah, were and right, yeah. actually very I good. I wasn't as crazy about Captain America as I was hoping to be, but they, you know, it was a it, it was it was a fun movie. I I loved it well. very much, actually. And you yeah. know, they also yeah. have Spider Man coming out next yeah, year. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, they DC, do. Although DC they're not start... really putting it out themselves, so right. they don't get as much money. Right, but and they have uh, the Dark Knight is also coming out. Uh, oh, from, of course, yes. I mean, you know, 2012 is going to be a huge year. But you know, we'll talk about that next in our next podcast. Anyway, for Marvel, it really went. Uh, from flying high to uh, a struggle, yeah. but uh, you know they're they they are far from out of it. They just yeah. need to kind of retrench and refocus. And so, um, let's really quickly look at another company that I, that I think sort of is interesting in life. Looking back on the year, Archie Comics. Um, oh yeah, because it's had a very interesting it's year. It's had a very interesting year in almost any way you can think of. Uh, just on the strictly publishing side. I mean, they, uh, done very uh, well. we, we, they've done very well. They've introduced more diversity into their characters. I mean, they've really broken out new kinds of series. Uh, once again, digital day and date has become very important. They, they, were, they were the first they were publisher the first to be and out there. Um, they, uh, um, they put more commitments to original graphic novels. Um, and their, the, the relaunch of uh, Life with Archie magazine, but focused on this really extraordinary series where um, a kind of what if series if, if Archie were to marry Vedica I'm excuse me Vedica wow Calvin you just solved everything I know that, yeah, yeah, if Archie marries Betty uh, flip the magazine over and Archie marries Veronica it, it's really captured the imagination this is one of the timeless comics brands uh, and uh, these characters are sort of so embedded in our consciousness you can't help but be interested but they did a great job and actually the release of a, of a big collected a trade paperback uh, really uh, I think is, is really going to help the company and really kind of driving uh, forward. I think we're even going to see uh, what didn't a, a new interracial relationship coming up? Well, well, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Archie is dating Valerie of Josie of the yeah, Pussycats. Yeah, there you go. Um, and indeed they're going to have a, um, I believe a miniseries coming out where they will have another alternate future where what if he marries Valerie? There you wow. go. So, and you know, I think the whole Kevin Keller storyline oh, where they yes, introduced a gay character yeah, and not who was wildly popular. Who's very popular. And who's dead married. And, and, uh, I was well, just in the future. In the future. I was going to say, yes. they have actually going to have a gay <laughs> marriage issue of yeah. Archie. And I mean, you know, you can't get more Americana than Archie comics. And the fact that they're going ahead with this storyline, I think is really, you have to give them a lot of credit for that, for just really moving forward and trying to be uh, modern, you yeah. know, and not that because they can't be. I think Archie was really a, a model for for trying new things in, in 2011. But there apparently was also some weird stuff There's going the on weird behind side, the yeah. scenes. Internal yeah. politics got extremely strange. 
Yeah. When uh, Nancy Silberkite, one yeah. of their executives. Well, we're literally like the co-CEO. Co-CEO, yes. Uh, uh, Goldwater? Yeah, John Goldwater, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, um, they've got the, a sexual the harassment of, uh, suit against She's the widow, really, her. of the uh, original um, yeah, they've uh, got a, owner. Yeah. They've got a, a sexual harassment suit against her. Yeah. yeah. That or, resulted in a restraining order at New York, uh, at uh, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, where she was under a a straining order not to meddle in their affairs there because yeah. of her bizarre behavior in the office. And, um, you know, for her part, she says it's a very sexist environment. So she was going out and, like, pointing to people at, at meetings and saying, penis, 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 and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But which could arguably be contributing to the sexist environment itself, but, you know. Uh, yeah, strange um, tales, to and say the least. Indeed. Uh, meanwhile, she attempted to have a pro-comics, pro-reading speech at a elementary school, and uh, Archie Comics contacted the organization she was working through and said that she was a bad role model and they should not have her talk to so there's just a lot going on uh, on both wacky sides. Stuff, yeah, very wacky. Yeah. I mean, if I was Archie, I'd just let her go to Cleveland. I thought you wanted her out of the <laughs> office. So I don't know. But uh, a memorable year uh, for Archie Comics uh, on 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 the good side, and uh, and unfortunately on the on the yeah, on, I, a, on the strange tip another as well. company that really had a big year was uh, Image Comics, and oh, they yeah, have yeah, really been positioning the themselves yeah. as an alternative to Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. And, and just the other day, Kate, the uh, Eric Stevenson, right, Image's publisher, was really making that point. Yeah, basically, in not those words, called uh, Marvel and DC dinosaurs who were repeating the past, <laughs> and that image was basically the wave of the future. Mm-hmm. And I, but you know, to back it up, he put up some covers of some of the books they have coming out. And I, the big story for Image, well, there's two big stories. Yeah. Number one, mm-hmm. Walking Dead really continues oh, to be oh, enormous. The TV show came out. Yeah, it yeah. was the highest rated. TV, uh, basic cable television show. Image brought to you by Robert Kirkman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and they Walk- have some really great books, even aside from Walking Dead. Yes, yes. Uh, but I mean, the other big news was that a lot of mainstream creators are going to Image. Yeah. Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips announced their new book is going to be an Image. Uh, Mark Miller and Dave Gibbons are doing mm-hmm. a book at Image. Brian K. Vaughn is Brian coming K. back to comics. Mm-hmm. He's doing a book at Image with Fiona Staples. I can't wait for that. It sounds awesome. Everybody thinks that book sounds great, but uh, you know, Image is the place to be right now. Yeah. I mean, well, why would you want to... Uh, I mean, first off, Marvel and DC aren't doing anything that's creator-owned or creator participation. And, 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 so it's and there's just, uh, there's it's just, a there's just one interesting book after another coming out on Mm-hmm. Now, like sometimes the, it seems like there's there's too many interesting books coming out. Sometimes they don't come out on time. <laughs> like there was a book that got a lot of buzz earlier this year called Non-Player uh, by Nate Simpson. It's an absolutely beautiful book. It came out at WonderCon this year, and it was like the you know the book of the week. And the guy said, you know, well, I'm not going to be able to get another issue out. So, you know, just everybody know that. But because um, he works in video games for a living, and sure enough, there hasn't been an issue since. So, you know, I, I, the thing is, like, image. You know, the downside is that. Uh, because they don't pay up front. Some people just haven't been able to keep up the pace. But if you have the funding to be able to bankroll a couple of issues of your comic and you have... Or you the, go to Kickstarter for it. Yes, or you have the... Uh, the we'll get to that. The name, we'll that. <laughs> the name brand recognition of an Ed Brubaker or a Mark Miller. I mean, you'd be... A, uh, really, Image is the only game in town. And uh, the uh, we're also looking at the uh, Image's 20th anniversary. Yes, that's coming up next year. So and uh, and the launch of ImageCon, their yes. own uh, three-day convention, uh, kind of focused, I guess, on creator-owned comics. Where's yeah. that based out of, anyway? 
I'm not sure. It's in California, isn't it's it? It's in Oakland. Well, because yes, of yeah. WonderCon, which is normally the Bay Area convention that's held early oh, in the year, right. had to move right. to Anaheim because the Moscone Center in San Francisco was under construction. So I think Image and uh, Jimmy J Comics and Phoenix actually saw an opening. So they uh, are throwing a show at the Oakland Convention Center, which is a short ride from San Francisco, and uh, that will be held in February. So and it'll be headlined by Robert Kirkman and the other the Image founders. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that does. And so is there, I'm trying to think of some other publishers who had some uh, you know major uh, major news last year. I mean, Dark Horse was kind of you know their big push this year was in digital. Um, they had a lot um, of yeah. their Star Wars projects were doing very Just on well. Just on, on a personal favorite, I mean, they they picked up and started releasing Carlos Speak McNeil's Finder. Yes. yes. Um, which I, I think if Amazing you, if you haven't seen the book, go out right now and look for it. Mm. If you like science fiction in your comics, that is not like all the other science fiction in your comics, you will like this comic. Like yeah, and um, IDW continued also very well. I mean, I think you saw Image, Dark Horse, and IDW really just, uh, you know, jockeying for a position between 3, 4, and 5. Um, although Image, uh, excuse me, Dynamite also got in there at times. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so Much there was, to everyone's surprise. There was a lot of, well, you know what, I wouldn't say to people's surprise. I mean, I think Dynamite's really had a very uh, steady pro yeah. publishing program. And, you know, they're putting out all those books based on George R. R. Martin. And, yeah, but I, I uh, meant, I meant they're, they're really building up steam. Yes, exactly. So, uh, you know, I mean, I think Dynamite is, is should be given a few props. I mean, they've been around for quite a while. They've been, and, you know, they're, they're trying, and they do try different things, even though it usually has a naked woman on the cover. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, Drawn a Quarterly, kicked ass this year with their books. Oh, yes, I mean, talking that, about, you know, we're talking... Big questions, Hark of Vagrant. Uh, you know, paying for the Chester Brown yes, yes, book. Yes, uh, yeah. I mean, the hits just kept on coming from yeah. Drawn a Quarterly all year. Uh, just um, some of the best uh, best Graphics obviously always has... Uh, well, they're big. They're, I think the big news for Fantagraphics this year. I think it's year, been a good year for uh, oh, like output. It, it mm -hmm. really was. I think for Fantagraphics, the big news was they started their two big reprint programs mm -hmm. with uh, Pogo and the Carl Barks Library. Those yeah. are both very eagerly waited. Even as the Peanuts yes. Library is kind of winding down, yeah. I think they're up into the 80s now on that. So, Amazing. you know, I mean, when that first started, who knew? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, that seemed like yesterday, yeah. but it was quite a while ago, Amazing. almost 10 years ago. So um, I think, and also I think we should really note the passing of Dylan Williams, who was the owner oh, of Spark yes, Plug, yes, and he was I, a real yeah. inspiration to so many people in the indie comics world, and you know, just not only as a publisher, I mean, he put out so many great books by by so many uh, wonderful cartoonists, and uh, like he, he was a mentor to so many people, and there, a lot of smaller publishers have really kind of trying to fill his shoes. I mean, nobody can be Dylan. He was truly one of a kind, but I think a lot of smaller publishers have really been inspired by his example and are going to try to go out there and, you know, put their own vision out there. Um, but that was definitely one of the biggest losses of the year, yeah. um, um, losing him. And uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, MBM, MBM actually had a pretty big year this year as well. I mean, uh, both in kids' comics um, uh, and in um, what launching their first manga this year, um, Stargazing Dog. Um, what else? First, second, um, they've had uh, enormous success with Bazaar's Paradise, um, and and in fact, uh, look to release more books based on the model of like starting them as web comics, um, selling the rights, uh, and then bringing out a kind of a, a, a print edition with uh, added content. Yeah, um, and uh, Top Shelf, uh, oh, Malone yes. among the indies, yeah. sort of made a jump to uh, digital. They signed a deal with yeah. uh, Iverse, and then they launched yeah. their own 
uh, storefronts with Comixology, mm. and they had a great book to share Two with apps you. As uh, well. Infinite Kung Info. Fu oh, came yes. out, mm. and um, a new uh, one of our best books of the year. Yes, yes. and new League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So mm-hmm. um, you know uh, they were definitely hanging in there. And uh, let's Anybody see else who else about? had I like mean, uh, I know we'll all be we'll all be and they'll all be mad at us. Yeah. Um, but uh, we love you even if we don't uh, mention you. Yeah, we'll we'll right do now. it in the next. Uh, just tell us what you're doing, and we'll do it in our, yeah, our we'll future comics uh, for next right. next time. Well, yeah, I think uh, which, which yeah. we just mentioned that our next, next episode will be our ring in the new episode with our forecast for 2012. Yes. Good. And that so tune in. Uh, just to, to give NBM a little props, I mean, they came up with the Smurfs this year. Yes. Um, as well as the ah, the um, unfortunately they have their their European licenses as well, which mm-hmm. uh, slipped my mind. And they did their first manga, the book Stargazing, Stargazing Dog, Dog, which if yes. you read it was like, oh my god, that book you just start crying about ten pages in, and I it, don't like don't read it when you're in a bad mood or sad. Don't read it when you're a little bit down. That's but it's really, really well done. Um, you know what? Uh, another company, uh, Arkea. I think oh, they really had a great year. Arkea had a great year. Oh, yeah. They books. signed a new distribution deal with uh, with the PGM, right? Uh, you know, I'm not sure who the well, distribution is. Well, they did sign a new that, distribution but deal. But I know they did. And, uh, but, the, uh, but the books that they have coming out, on besides the Jim Henson yeah. uh, recreation, basically building a graphic novel off of a screenplay that was sort of lost for however many years. Yeah. Um, but also signing a, a, a Martin Satrapi. Yes. To do a new but really well, a graphic a new, book. They picked not, up whatever. Well, right, yeah, it was a, yeah. it was a I guess it was a European license and, and not necessarily uh, strictly comics. I think mm-hmm. it was more it was an illustrated book. Nevertheless, an important author um, uh, released by them. But but just a whole slate I mean that company grow is just simply growing by by leaps and bounds. And, and, and also, I think they're really smart in that they're going after younger readers, they're doing mm-hmm. a lot of all ages books and um, you know, a lot of companies sign a licensing deal with a company like that. Arkea has a very strong relationship with the Henson company, but yes. instead of just putting out you know, a line of comics. They're doing some really smart projects. Like they did the Storyteller, one of Henson's yes. little known yes. in a really well put together book. And as you said, they do the Sands, the the adaptation of yeah. the screenplay. So, you know, I, I think they just showed that you didn't have to do things the same way. Yeah. You could do it different ways and, and be successful at it. So yeah. um well we could go on and on and on and on. This but I true. think we've already alluded to something uh Kate has kept bringing up and really it was uh you know the year of Kickstarter. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, and in some ways, uh, you could say uh, we we kind of kicked off an interest in Kickstarter uh, by Todd's article yes, early in the year. Exactly. Um, uh, is uh, Kickstarter the number three graphic novel publisher right. in the U.S.? And uh, the way he looked at it, actually, it was. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the thing about Kickstarter, what, Kate, do you want to explain just what Kickstarter is in case anybody doesn't know? Kickstarter is a crowdfunding site, which is to say, if you have a project, usually an art type project, but other things manage to get in there as well, that you think other people out there on the internet will want to help you fund, you put it up for about two months with a funding goal that you need to complete your project. A dollar figure. Yes, exactly. A dollar figure. And an explanation for why exactly yes, you need yeah. this money. And then people pledge money towards your goal. Mm-hmm. And usually in the case of comics, 
you know, at a certain pledge level, you will get a copy of the project when it comes out. And, and I think what was really interesting about Kickstarter was that people were using it for, as you mentioned earlier, for books that were published by Image or IDW or by First Second. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean, for it books was, that it had was, publishers. It, yes. it was a way to self uh, to, to self publish, but very quickly it seemed to be a way to kind of uh, supplement uh, projects that actually had legitimate publishers. Yeah. Well. The thing is that part of the advantage of Kickstarter is that there is very little risk because if the funding goal is not met, no one's money is taken. Yeah, yeah. And they have an arrangement through Amazon, which also makes it very... And there's that word again. There's that company Amazon. again. But, but But the fact of the matter is it makes it incredibly easy. I mean, Amazon takes a, a, a small cut, but what, what happens is basically you can charge it through Amazon. And as Kate said, if the project funds... You know, it's taken out of your account. If it doesn't, you've lost. Nothing. That's it. Um, but it's turned out to be an incredibly flexible platform for funding all kinds of projects. And comics creators are flocking to this thing. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, one of the uh, Alex DeCampi, We just ran a story just, about how she and yes, uh, and Jimmy Broxton, aka yeah. James Hodgkins, are doing their new mm -hmm. book. Uh, Ashes selling it. Ashes through Kickstarter. In other words, if retailers pledge, they get copies of the book yeah. that they could sell in the store, and um, they've yes. met their goal. They've met yes. their goal. Twenty-seven thousand uh, dollars, yeah. which is quite high. Yeah. They've exceeded it with over thirty thousand dollars raised, and there's still seventy-two hours left to go. Yeah. The time I, we're recording. I just send a few bucks, and I'm expecting mm -hmm. to get my hardcover well, in the mail too. But the retailer aspect uh, of what uh, what Alex did in this particular case, um, I think, is a very innovative uh, to bring retailers in it. And um, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see if. This turns into a, a weirdly a new kind of distribution uh, channel. Well, I mean, I think there's a couple things about Kickstarter that remain to be seen. I mean, are we going to get crowdsourcing burnout? Um, you know, by people they're uh, asked to give. But I mean, it's also like this could be part of your monthly budget. Maybe you're just going to spend ten dollars or twenty dollars or thirty dollars at Kickstarter. And or alternately, the, you know, if you the love genius of it is a, that you can give any amount. Mm -hmm, right. yeah. If you love a creator. You know, it's it's just like buying their book from them from any other outlet, and you would have bought that anyway. Mm -hmm. so it's like, really it's like a pre-order. But yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I will say there's been some really great projects that didn't get funded through Kickstarter. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, no, it's not. And I, I mean, uh, Maria Cabardo, she's a filmmaker who's making this movie about uh, the late Jeffrey Catherine Jones, and uh, who passed away this year. As a matter of fact, and, you know, I've seen the trailers for the movie, and it's beautiful. I mean, she's she's gone around and made mm -hmm. this really beautiful movie interviewing people and she put it up on Kickstarter and did not get funded. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I think it's because she's just, you know, doesn't know the ins and outs of Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. I think she just put up there and said, you know, give me some money for this movie instead of doing this level of premiums and all this sort of stuff. I mean, there is a trick to doing Kickstarter, yeah. no question. And the most People like to feel they're getting something for Exactly. Their money. And the most mm -hmm. successful one of all, of course, was Womanthology. Oh, yes. What a great project and what a great response. Yeah. Uh, it, it actually, in the midst of a discussion about uh, women and comics, um, mm -hmm. uh, what, did they, 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 what were they trying to get? $27,000? Yeah, $27,000. Which they sort of made in 24 hours? Yes. They yes. made little, no, they made $48,000 in 24 hours. I mean, they had <laughs> doubled their pledge overnight. By They ended up making over $100,000. Yeah. And 
Um, I, 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 mean, I can't the, wait for it to the stars. I, I think there's really still a lot of questions about exactly what they're going to do with $100,000. But, I, I, you know, this was definitely a project. Larger print run. They had some incredible, incredible premiums yeah. that they got everybody to get in on this. And, um, you know, it's one of the highest funded Kickstarter pro- projects Well, they had ever. a lot of great creators on it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I'd just like to throw in also that uh, obviously Joyce Brabner, uh, the widow of the, of the late uh, Harvey Picard, also just got, uh, mm-hmm. it, well, it, they, actually, the funding period is still going on. I think it goes to the 18th. Uh, but they made the they made the money. Uh, For very uh, unusual yes, they're Kickstarter over, project. I think they wanted, wanted 27000 there. They're over thirty now. Um, uh, one of the one of the premiums, and I'm, I'm going to... Uh, why don't you tell them what she was raising money oh, for? Oh, excuse me, yes. She's raising money on this, basically, to create a statue, a memorial statue of, of Harvey Picard, to put in front of the Cleveland Heights Branch Library. And this is the branch of the library that Harvey went to and used. It's really comics-friendly. Harvey's um, uh, given comics to it. Uh, and some of the money, when if they go over... I mean, many people think that Joyce um, underestimated uh, the amount of money that she's going to need because there's a wonderful um, uh, statue uh, of Harvey that uh, really captures the essence. There was originally a plan to do a, a really larger-than-life Harvey memorial that would have been in a, in a cemetery. Uh, there were so many problems with it, uh, not to mention, uh, not the least of which was Joyce, just didn't sort of like the whole character of Harvey sort of looming over Cleveland. Uh, this is more to her liking. Uh, the the uh, sculpture is really a three-dimensional Harvey sort of stepping out of a three-dimensional comic strip. It's going to be put on top of an actual desk in front of the library, and inside the drawers will be uh, all kinds of implements um, that you can use on the back of the uh, three-dimensional comic strip to make your own comics. So you can draw on the statue to make comics. I think it's a really great, in a weird way, analog interactive statue. Um, but uh, unfortunately, the, the sculptor's name escapes me, but it's a terrific project. There's still time um, to, uh, well, there won't be time to fund it after this comes yeah. out, but it has been funded. Uh, just one one other great project that Kickstarter has, has enabled. So, you know, Kickstarter's absolutely made its mark. It's, you know, become, a, it has become probably the, you know, biggest indie publisher on a monthly yeah, basis. Yeah, it's um, amazing. Like I said, we'll just see if it uh, if people get burnt out on it or whether uh, it continues. But uh, my guess is that it probably will continue because it seems like the kind of model that in the social media era that people really respond it's to. It's a very useful tool. I mean, we may stop hearing a lot of buzz about it because it'll just be like water mm-hmm. but you know it's a tool which i think comics have needed for a while and right. it's great to have it there right. so okay. but you know speaking of womanology I, I think we do have to give a nod also to the biggest uh sociological trend of the year which is really women in comics and uh like speaking just, up as never before it really did seem to be hit like critical mass. Uh, it hit critical mass yeah. um, i mean a lot of us have been squawking for a long time but there are more and more of us squawking in a way and there's plenty the of them around this comic shop let me tell yeah. you <laughs> two yeah. out of three calories sorry you're outnumbered yes definitely on a daily basis yeah. but uh, absolutely um it's clearly been uh i think an illuminating issue about the uh, about the issue uh, I mean, Heidi, you've been on some, I think, some interesting discussion groups, including, I know, one with Blair Butler uh, yeah. earlier well, in the year. Well, I think year. really what kicked it off was, uh, I mean, there's always these little disses, and, and, you know, in the olden days, there'd be a diss, and someone would just kind of storm off in a 
you know, raise their tiny fist and, and storm off in a huff. And that was really all you could do. But now there's the internet, so you can, you know, raise your tiny fist, and then like uh, everyone sees uh, you do it, and everyone sees you do it, and everybody else raises their fist, and then you know people jump in. And and I I think the other reason is that. I think this is the result of 10 years of the internet. Yes, because, yes absolutely. Because it's been building. It's been building and building because women are actually doing comics and doing great comics. It's like I, I think my best post of the year probably was the one where I was pointing out that, you know, I, the one thing that still pisses me off is everybody wants to be the person to discover women in comics. So they're always Ooh. writing these stories. They're like, oh, my God, women are doing comics now. This Shock is and so horror. Great. <laughs> Isn't that great? And I'm like, well, you know, what about... Um, you know, Linda Berry was doing all this stuff in the 80s. And what about yeah. Julie Doucet? And what about uh, Jessica Abel? What about all those women in the 90s? And what about women's comics? What about Phoebe Glechner and Carol Tyler and all this stuff? So I think the fact that over 10 years has been 10 years of women on the Internet. And instead of their saying, oh, look, there's somebody doing something now. You know, Carla Speed McNeil can just point to the great comics she's been sure. doing for 10 years. So I think it's not just the creators. I think the Internet made it easier for women fans to get together and and talk to each other in frankly somewhere where they didn't need to worry about being drowned out by guys absolutely and and you know show their own culture and get together and voice their opinions in a way that was harder to ignore and harder to write off and, and to some extent now not that not that you know the issues around women are broadly throughout the whole comics uh, spectrum but but to some extent a problem in one area of the comics spectrum seems to be uh, sort of spoken out as if it's it's across the board I mean right. certainly in independent and alternative so-called alternative comics I mean women are making in great comics I, they have for years really only in DC and Marvel World are there not women in yeah. comics, okay? And there are some, and there's but, some there there's but, women but I mean, who want there's, to be there. Yes, and there's, but there's not as much of an audience, okay? Well, and I mean, but, in the bookstores, in manga, in the web, everywhere yeah. else, there is there's tons of women reading, women. consuming, Absolutely. and write, making, and doing. Yeah. And, and it's more acknowledged. But essentially but in the superhero category. Yes. And that, and unfortunately, and, and, yes. is what so well, many of the, the boys' club is still considers the comics industry. Well, but not yeah. only that, it's it's not that there aren't women reading superhero comics. I mean, we're definitely a minority, without it, without but I mean, I think it's something like 20%, which is still significant mm -hmm. in an industry which is running on very low margins. Exactly. And so you Don't would Don't alienate think, your readers. <laughs> you would think that you would want this significant 20% to also <laughs> like you, and instead of like blowing them off with obnoxious <laughs> comments every time you have a convention. Like, mm -hmm. dude, just don't actively insult well, us. That's I, I all would, we ask. You know, just to, 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 you know, the internet, I think the two greatest uh, events of the year in this were the womanthology making all that money. And the other was the panel, which I was at, actually, in San Diego. It was the only panel I went to. There are actually uh, a number of panels. But, uh, but the specifically was the one, the first New 52 panel, where the there was a woman dressed as Batgirl who went up and at every panel asked why there weren't more women in comics. And... Uh, Dan DiDio was on, it was recorded, and people heard him answering her. And, you know, he likes to be confrontational, but just the way he answered her really was very... It insulting. sounded very insulting and demeaning. It, it and was and, very insulting and, it was, and demeaning. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, you're right. Thanks, Kate. There's no way to soften it. Yes. What did you say? Because exactly. I actually wasn't there. I have, I have, okay. somebody, well, a man, actually, a man stood up and said, why are there uh, so few women in the new 52? And he was like, well, who should we have hired? Who should we have hired? Who should we have hired? 
And, like, all these people in the audience started shouting out names, <laughs> as well they should have. And then also, I think he you said something at for. another panel to the to the tune of, well, we would if any of them were any good. Oh, come on. And Yeah. But anyway, the point is, all this was recorded. All this was heard on the Internet. So it wasn't just like... and I think, It was documented. And it was all documented. And I think when you heard the... The contempt. The, the, the contempt in the voice that it was, uh, you know. And it, it wasn't just women who got yeah, mad. A lot of yeah, men yeah, did too. Absolutely. Well, and, sure. and, you know, and, then it, no and, and for, for the first time ever, DC acknowledged the issue in an editorial and said, we're trying, or said, we're listening. And I think that was really the, the tide turned. And I mean, things haven't really, uh, at the New 52, they're still, you know, pretty, pretty boy but heavy. It takes but, a while. It takes a while. But I think acknowledge, yes, acknowledge. I mean, you still, you still hear a lot of people, unfortunately, guys, going, why are these women complaining all the time? They can't possibly be real fans if they're complaining all the time. Totally ignoring the fact that every comic fan, whatever gender, comics fans are complaining all the time. It's a, it's a well-known tradition. We love it. Um, but I will say that some of the interviews, actually, I saw that you were involved with with Laura Hudson over Comics Alliance, uh, the Blair Butler View, as well as an, another one I saw very recently, uh, the talk with the Marvel guys. With, oh, uh, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, the Laura Alonzo did that. Laura did and, that, and, yeah. And, uh, uh, and uh, one Jeanette of the, Schaefer, one of the yes. female uh, editors yes. over there, too, which I thought was a very thoughtful yes. review. And I, uh, but it, uh, yeah, and I mean, it is, there's a lot of very smart people writing about this, and... Uh, you know, I mean, the subtext for all this is really the rise of geek girls in general. Yeah, there was Geek Girl Con, and you know, yeah. you, you don't like it, but guess what? It's huge. Twilight, you know, with Hunger Games. I mean, girls, the whole Buffy verse. Uh, I mean, it's just the list goes on and on and on. There's a whole paranormal romance section in bookstores now. You know, I mean, this is a huge. Women spend mm-hmm. a lot of money. That's the bottom line for all this. And, and not only that, if you look, stories. not just that. I mean, if you look at across the entire book industry, like a disproportionate number of books are bought by women because oh, women, women drive, like yes, to absolutely. read. Women drive the traditional trade <laughs> trade yeah, industry. Absolutely, make no mistake yeah. about it. So you know, anyway, this was a huge thing. We could go on and on yeah. and on about this, but you know, I think we've already been going on and on. So finally, in the oh. year, there were some other. You know, just to wrap up our year in review, it was also a year of change for uh, for us here at Publishers Weekly. Yes, absolutely. Uh, PW Comics Week Became. to Comics World. Yes, uh, we went from a week to an entire world. Well, yes, well, exactly. Well, well yet only coming out once yeah, a month. Exactly. Go figure. Yeah. We also added a podcast, which comes out every other week. Every and other and week. And that you happen to be listening to right now. Yes. Uh, so... Um, Episode 14. Yeah, so uh, With more to come. we hope to uh, really uh, improve our, our digital downloads in the future. We, we are, we're, we're getting some technical infrastructure. Uh, coming done. up, yes. we have been promised a better technical setup. So We're uh, sorry, guys, about our growing pains. So we're looking at, we know that there are some technical uh, issues out there sometimes with our downloads. Uh, bear with us. Keep trying. Under construction. Uh, and under construction. And I really do want to give a shout-out to Kate here because yes, she absolutely. absolutely spearheaded the entire technical absolutely. and uh, the logistical absolutely. aspect of this. And, you know, this is all because of Kate Fitzsimmons doing this. And Thank really, you. I'm, I'm doing the best I can with the resources we have at the moment. Yeah. But we're getting more resources. And it should be awesome. Okay. Yes. And we'd like to give a shout out to our former intern, also uh, the young young who uh, left us just Amazingly recently. Helpful. She got a job. Yeah, she really uh, and a terrific, really great uh, artist. Uh, really I would great, suspect you will see artist. her. Her work uh, in the future. And a, uh, a positive presence, and uh, she's got a, a real job now. Yes, um, and now we have our new intern, Matt White, who just started, yes. and, uh, you know, you'll be hearing more from him, and there'll be more Matt to come. So, okay. anyway. So, uh, we'll segue from that to news briefs. 
News briefs. Okay. Beginning in February, passengers on Japan Airlines will be able to choose from 30 different digital manga to read on their seat-back video screens as part of their in-flight entertainment. A real sign of the rise of digital manga. In the land of the rising sun. Yes. <laughs> the current selections are entirely in Japanese, but there are plans to expand to translations for the English-speaking market. Yes, that's what I want. Air manga. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in less heartening news, mangaka Naotsugu Matsueda Culinary manga Dashi Master has been suspended by his publisher <laughs> for tracing food. Wow. Yeah, they don't play tracing apparently in Japan. In manga. No, no. Yeah. Tracing in manga is serious <laughs> business. People don't dig it. Don't Certain popular American artists would not do <laughs> well lot, there. I think a lot of American artists would be in big trouble if they couldn't trace. Go on. <laughs> yes. Shoei says Grand Jump Manga Magazine has suspended him following ad allegations that he is tracing his food from the internet. <laughs> More to come on this dastardly, dastardly deed. Shame. Uh, Dean Haspiel has donated his collection of mini-comics, including, yes, including rare works by Jeff Smith and Craig Thompson to the Library of Congress. If you have a large collection of mini-comics, consider contributing it to the future somewhere at a library or university near you. Oh, I, man. I do, but they're collected in Make bags all over my apartment. No, <laughs> Go on. Yes, and we have a follow-up on two of our news stories from earlier this year. All charges against Susie Cagle, the documentary comics creator arrested while reporting in Occupy Oakland last month, have been dropped. The Society of Professional Journalists wrote the Oakland Police Department a strongly worded letter concerning freedom of the press and their subpar crowd control tactics, which may or may not have led to Cagle's charges being dropped. It's nothing like a scathing letter. <laughs> scathing letter. Uh, and uh, Alan Moore has joined Occupy Comics. He's putting his talent where his mouth is. And Take that, Frank Miller. Yes. <laughs> and we'll be contributing a work to the Occupy Comics anthology, supporting the Occupy movement. There you go. The San Diego Convention Center expansion has gone through, and um, we should now see a larger uh, convention center for San Diego Comic-Con sometime in the future, a multi-million dollar expansion. I'm looking forward to um, margaritas on the roof. Oh, of, yeah. Uh, the, uh, Rooftop park, a new hotel. The convention yeah. center 2019, in 2020 or something. 2019, yeah. yeah. There, as soon as they raised $525 yeah. million. Dollars. Anyway. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, anyway. All right. Oh, and one more thing. Right. One more thing. A uh, word on the street is that, or rather the internet, is that Marvel Comics will be distributing $5 coupons to digital downloaders for in-store comics purchases bringing some of those new digital reader blood into the brick-and-mortar stores. Sounds good. Awesome. All right, we'll end up with our giveaway. If you've lasted this long, you really deserve to enter our giveaway. giveaway. So this week's giveaway is The Nightly News by Jonathan Hickman. This is the uh, deluxe edition. It's a beautiful hardcover. Uh, this is how Jonathan Hickman, now the writer of a ton of uh, great stuff at Marvel, got noticed in the comics industry. It's a beautifully designed story about the media and how it takes over after some violent events. It's got secret conspiracies uh, and galore. It's, uh, the art is absolutely beautiful in here. It's a great looking book. It's got all sorts of material in the back of design and process and scripts. Anyway, this is a book you will like to have yeah, on your shelf. Uh, edgy storytelling. And it can be yours if you send an email with 
the nightly news in the title to pwcwgiveaway at gmail.com and one winner at random will be selected from those who enter and again you write the nightly news in the header and then put your address in the body we to, need to know where to send it people. yes otherwise no address no book it is pwcwgiveaway at gmail.com write that down ladies and gentlemen and this brings us to an end of our double-sized end-of-year <laughs> yeah, episode. Our jumbo edition of More to Come. <clears throat> Tune in next week for our... We better 20- make that next year. Next, next year, year. Yes, thank you so much. For our very special uh, 2012 what? Outlook episode. There you go. We're yeah. going to tell you what the year will be like before Absolutely. you even have to go through it. Absolutely. And there will definitely <laughs> be more to come. More to come. Okay, get it considered a public service.